When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of The Russian Sisters. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Anna, and we are The Russian Sisters. Well, hey, it's so great to see you. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Welcome to another episode. We probably say that in our intro, but I like to welcome Dubily. Yeah, sounds good to me. I don't think you can welcome enough. No, I agree. I think it's nice to make sure that it's a warm welcome. Yes. And we are so excited to be in your company for the next however long that we are in your company. Alexandra, I feel like I haven't seen your face in forever. Uh, It's been a little bit, so it's kind of nice to get to record a little bit, see each other, say hello. It is indeed. And I will tell you guys, one of the primary reasons that I haven't seen my sister's face in so long is that I've been quarantining because I got the vid. I got the vid, guys. Mm-hmm. We got yeah. the vid. Yeah, kind of went around. We were befallen with the vid and had to isolate for so long. And you know what? It really made me think about because I was truly isolated for five days. I saw my parents for a brief moment when I took a little trip just to get my breathing checked out. But other than that, I didn't see anybody for five days. And that was weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is what is suggested. It is what is suggested and recommended. And it just made me think about like back when everything was shut down and and people were quarantining, we like cheat quarantined because we were with each other. And I think we talked about that before in our podcast, how like we were still getting together with each other, like the girls had school and we were helping with that. And there was just a lot of stuff going on. So we were still getting together and having dinners and hanging out with each other in our little pod, Mm -hmm. as later people said was okay if you're potting safely and still masking everywhere you went. But this was really interesting. And it made me think like for five days, how silly I was getting like when I was just texting my brothers and sisters and my brothers like I have more than one exactly exactly that when I was texting the family or friends like I was just punchy after a while sure and at first I was like oh blaming it on the fever but I really only had a fever for one day so I couldn't blame the punchiness on the fever I think it was just that I was alone with myself and the cats it's hard you get that cabin fever pretty badly first I mean I suppose you can I mean we could have facetimed or I was going to say Skype because I just recently watched a movie that talked about Skype, but no one does that anymore. No. In fact, Um, but I didn't even have the energy for any of that. So no, I agree. I was like, I was okay being in bed and I didn't have a desire to like do much. In fact, when I had to get out of bed to feed the cats and that was pretty much the only reason other than going to the restroom. But other than that, like I was not getting out of bed very much and I was, Oh, it's okay with that. But It made me think about like people and family situations where like the family, the rest of family's healthy and then a person's isolated up in a room all by themselves or when you're by yourself and you have a family and you have to be the caretaker for the family and it's just complicated. It's very complicated. I was doing a lot of thinking Mm. about it. Maybe that's the big lesson there. There was a lot of, a lot of thinking. Yeah. A lot of reflection and um, thinking back to memories and thinking about those vid times. 
Oh back boy. Then. Well, and I was also sad because the week that I got sick and I was saying, I, I, I manifested this y'all because I put it out into the universe that if I was going to get sick, I needed it to happen now and not in summer when I have all these trips coming up. Well, thanks for doing that because um, I was not manifesting this. Yeah. I was not like, hey, I need to get sick. No, I, and, I uh, don't think I ever said I need mm-hmm. to. I was saying if I had mm-hmm. to, it, needed, no. No, it you. needed to happen at a certain time. And I certainly didn't want anybody else to get sick. We for certainly sure. were magnetic on this one. Well, good Lord. Yeah. something. <laughs> right. Someone was like, you need some downtime. And it was granted. It just wasn't very timely and awesome because it would have been nice if someone, if someone deemed that I need some rest time, that I like won a trip on all inclusive for five days to a beach. I could have done that. Yeah. Maybe that's what you go for next time instead of when you get sick. I certainly wasn't wishing an illness, but anyway, it happened. It just so happened like at the last week of school. And so I'm really bummed. I missed like the last day of eighth graders and it was like a fun field day kind of thing with lots of games. And I was supposed to man the volleyball court. Yeah, you and volleyball. Well, I I was kind of excited about that. And then I missed like the end of the year staff party. And so I had all this whole speech prepared for Bennett to say goodbye. And then I didn't get to do that. But I thought like, oh, I could record myself giving my little speechy thing that I created. Yeah, I didn't even have the energy to like the day came and I was like, maybe I'll do that. And then I was like, no. Yeah, it's interesting how the fatigue kind of hits you on and off, but I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, it took me a few days even after that to shower. Those minor things. Yeah, like I think I was talking with our mom and she's like, what are you going to do today? I was like, my goal for today is a shower. (laughs) Right, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I accomplished that. And I think on that day I did some laundry too. But anyway, enough about the vid. That's, That's like probably the most pressing thing that has happened most recently. Did you want to update before I move on? About the vid? Well, I no. I mean, it came. It's on its way out. We're good with that. I mean, buddy got it. I got it. It is harder when you're a caregiver and then, you know, your child's sick, you're sick, and there's just no rest time. But I did make it a point to shower every day because that was kind of my me time. So good that was my rest time with showering. Good for you. So that's about all I got. Yeah. yeah, no, keep going. I mean, it's like, meh. it's one of those, like, it's not an if, it's a when, and you get it. And then some people are weird about it. Some people aren't weird about it. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I agree with you. And it was like, I didn't a go, I didn't go and like lick people's faces. No, so I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, I resisted the temptation. But it was like a tornado, like who got hit and who didn't. And it was so weird because some people in families got it and others didn't. And I mean, in households. Yeah. And then even within households, like the symptoms or like even among the people that did get it from this thing that we went to, who knows where exactly it came from. But anyway, like we were all hit differently. Mm -hmm. And I do want to share that because I've never had the vid before, I just wasn't sure what the, you know, what symptoms were going to be like or what my experience was going to be like. And we were kind of keeping tabs on each other. Like, how are you feeling today? And what's going on for you today? And I had like a fever the first day. And then the second day, the second major day that I had it, that I was laid up, I was when my breathing problems came to be. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> I was talking with another friend of ours who also had the vid. And she was like, do you have a pulse oximeter? Oximeter. 
And this was in text. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. What the heck is that? And why do I need to have one? Like, what yeah. are you, What language are you speaking right now? And she's like, oh, I can have my husband bring it by for you. And I was like, I don't think I need one. But th- because I was saying like my breathing was really funky that day. And um, I was like, no, no, I'll be fine. But then I called another family member and I was like, do you sound like I sound like, do you feel how I feel? And this other family member was like, no, I don't. And um, I was like, then that started to worry me because I was like, oh, well, this is kind of bad. And maybe this is bad because of the way like I was breathing and the way I was sounding and it was just very fluidy. And so I then kind of freaked myself out, which then made it a little bit worse. And then another family member came and picked me up and we went to the ER. Now, granted, did I need to go to the ER? I don't know. Could I have gone to urgent care? Probably in the United States of America and where we live, we have the option between urgent care and a doctor's office, which you have to make an appointment and then the emergency room. And at that point I was foggy. I was like, I don't know where I need to go. I don't, Mm. I don't know what is the best option. That's fair. Hindsight. I would have chosen urgent care 100%. Yeah. Cause I went to the ER it was close and we just went there and I just wasn't sure what's going on. It's not like I was like joking or I wasn't feeling like I couldn't breathe all together, but I was like a little concerned about my state of breathing. So I went to the ER. That's where I went. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting experience, you guys. And I have been contemplating whether or not to write a letter and it probably won't happen at this moment that I'll write a letter, but just for customer care, because it's something that Alexandra and I have talked about on occasion, the level of customer care that we've received and how it's kind of taken a a downward spiral over the last year and a half. And I 100%, 100% get compassion fatigue. I 100% get all of the fatigue, the COVID Mm -hmm. fatigue and decision fatigue and just vicarious trauma, right? We've talked about it on the podcast. I get it and I get that's what we're experiencing and that you tend to have this like, I just don't care thing that happens when you're that fatigued. I just wasn't expecting to be on the receiving end of it. And so unfortunately, I just had a couple of nurses and it's interesting that all of my patient care people on that day were males. Mm. And I don't think that's neither here nor there. I think it could happen to anybody. But I just, it was very evident to me almost right away that I was like not an emergency. Mm. that obviously these people had probably seen worse and I was not it. The guy who like took my temperature was like flinging the thermometer around and he was holding it like very far away from my head. And I was like, I wish you could see me on video now. I was like doing this dodging thing, like trying to get like close to the thermometer because it felt like he couldn't be bothered, right? Sure. Like I was such a burden. And so I was like, okay. And then he like chucks the thermometer back into the basket where he got it from. And I was like, I, right, I didn't even hear what my temperature was, but I think it was low. Like it was like 97, which mm. I thought was pretty good for me. Yeah. And then they get me into the room and not much talking at all. Just like slap a pulse oximeter. It's that thingy mm, that mm-hmm. checks. Yeah. I want to make sure I was getting enough oxygen. And then um, the blood pressure cuff and then just left. And then that, that same person, poor guy, right? They're probably fatigued, came in and left twice and slammed the door, which would have been fine except that I was like obviously not feeling well and trying to sleep and it was a weird experience all around and I think just I'm not here to complain I'm not here to complain I think just awareness just awareness I this is what I would write in the letter I promise you people in the service industry in the medical field at that time that I wanted to be there much less than you wanted me to be there because not only was everything okay 
two hours that I spent there that I could have spent at home just making sure everything was okay though and it was thank goodness but I promise you that I really wanted to be there much less than you wanted me to be there and now I also have a medical bill (laughs) sure right it's just hard with that whole situation when it comes to that bedside manner and you're right there is that compassion fatigue which is so true and valid and yet I think you have to take into account if that's what's happening for you, then you have to take the accountability to do something for it. I mean, when I was reflecting over your situation and even in my own work situation towards the end of the school year, we were getting requests, requests, I can't even say that word, from parents who are like, oh my gosh, my kid, my kid, my kid like has a disability. And in reality, they didn't. But I can't go into a meeting and be like, hey, this is total crap that you brought me in here and your kid is fine. Like, don't do that. You know, you have to come at it and say like, hey, I understand. Here's some stuff. Let's celebrate the fact that your kid's doing well. And I don't see why they couldn't be like, I told like acknowledge this is really scary. This is the first time you've had this. You're not familiar with it. And let's celebrate that your test results came out great. I know you still feel like crap, but go home and hear some suggestions like that to me seems more reasonable. But I'm just sorry you had to go through that because especially when you're not feeling well, you want to be like, back off people <laughs> I don't know I'm like I know I already feel horrible I don't need you to treat me horribly too yeah well and if you're looking for a switch in careers the way you presented that was amazing and I think you'd uh-huh. have a good career <laughs> thanks um, taking care of other people no uh, I do plenty of that already mm-hmm. thanks <laughs> you sure do but I thought about that as I was laying there and I I did at some point I had just been there for not very long and the slamming doors and the not explaining things and and I really was isolated it was like I was like a pariah in this place I was known at the nurse's station no one around it was just it was very isolating and you're right when you don't feel well that was like the worst thing that could have happened I think, or one of the worst things that could have happened. And I wanted to cry, but really I just wanted to like detach myself from all the equipment and just walk out of there. Sure. But I did and I stayed. And then I got up the the gusto. And when one of the nurses came in to do one of the tests, he was like, do you know if the doctor ordered blah, blah, blah? And I was like, you know what? To be And and I had to ask him again because I didn't hear him the first time. And he repeated himself. And I was like, you know what? To be honest with you, I don't know. I said, people really haven't been awesome the whole time that I've been here. So I'm not even sure what's going on. And then that seems to be when the switch flipped. And he was like, I'm so sorry, da, da, da. And then he slowed down. And then he ended up coming back, the first nurse who was slamming doors, slamming. I, I, like, I don't use that word lightly. And, and I wouldn't lie to you, like slamming doors. He didn't come back. And then even when the doctor came back at the end, when I was able to be discharged, like his tune had changed. So I don't know if something was said or just the universe, like kind of lightened things up. I appreciated the turnaround, but we just, you're right. Like in a scary situation for me, it was new and just a little empathy would have gone a long way, I think. Yeah, sure. That's my story. That's my COVID story, you guys. And we're on the mend. I know it doesn't sound like I'm doing awesome, but I promise we're on the mend here. Oh my God. That's, I just checked my notes. That was one other thing that I wanted to mention is that when there was that turnaround and like one of the nurses like started talking to me and treating me like a human being, he then started sharing with me like, yeah, you know, like luckily you have it okay. And it could be a lot worse. Like people leave here and they have the COVID blood clots and the COVID headaches and the COVID this and the residual that. And at least you're not like that. And, you know, they were asking me, like, am I vaccinated and boosted? And I'm like, yep, I'm all of that. But it was like, well, it could be, you know, just imagine if you weren't all that, how bad it would really, how bad your situation would be. And I'm like, well, 
Thanks. I'm right. Like yeah. just, it was just a, just a cluster. But anyway, we're going to move on from then because Alexandra and I have an update for you. Last time or the time before, we talked about Psychic Melissa. Oh, yeah. And we talked about how for our book club, we were going to do this activity and for fun, reach out to Psychic Melissa and have her do these drawings for us. And so we have an update. And um, Alexandra and I were the first to get ours back. And then the other book club members did. And then in our next book club, we got together and compared and shared. And it was actually kind of interesting, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I would say that... So the pictures were all there. And so I think all of our reactions to the pictures, but also she does a little write up of like, this is what you can expect from your person. And I found that each thing that she wrote seemed to kind of align more with what each of us has kind of talked about we're looking for. And so like some of the stuff in regards to the person. And so the whole idea is that this is so psychic Melissa does the drawings and you get to choose who is it your future husband? Is it your soulmate? Is it your twin flame? And I think it's like your future baby or something like that. Yeah. And then, um, and I think we all chose future husbands. And so mine was very interesting. I thought because she touched on like safety is a big one, feeling safe, trusting my situation is different. So that's been something I've been working through with my therapist of how to welcome someone into my life. If I have a son and I'm a widow and how do you I mean people navigate this all the time it's just a little different for me right when you get into like this is not what I expected kind of thing so the safety was it and the passion and then I also think it was really interesting because in her write-up for me it really aligned with the idea of knowing who you are and that this person is going to be someone who's going to encourage me to be more of who I am and to also impact change in a way that really aligns with what I'm already doing, which was kind of cool. So I thought like I found that I attached more to her write up of the person than I did the photo. But it was interesting because I feel like Anna and then one other book club member were like, I don't know about this picture who like, no, this doesn't align. But all of us really said like her write up and description aligned better yeah Um, and it was really fun because Al and I had exchanged photos and like talked about it with each other and when I first got mine I was intrigued and there are a couple of things in the write-up that are the same for everybody so like the introduction paragraph is the same for everyone and then of course at the end there's this encourage like oh I see something in your aura which you might want to talk with this person about and so there's definitely like a referral to maybe talk with someone else and get your aura all cleaned up so that you can meet this person who is going to be your future spouse. And another similarity was like, we're all going to reunite with our future people within six to eight months. Mine's the latest. And funny enough, one of the other members, her picture looks like an older relation to my picture. And so we were saying, and she's going to meet her person in like six to eight months. So I was like, first you have to meet your person and then we're going to go to a Christmas party. And then your person (laughs) is going to introduce me to his younger brother or cousin or whatever, because that's what it looks like from the photos. There's some similarities. And so we were laughing about that. But I totally agree with Alexandra that like the write up, some of the things in there were just spot on with relating to what each of us have been through or things that were touchy for us or big issues in other relationships that seem to get addressed here without and things that aren't Googleable. Right. Because we were like, you can't Google me and see that these things are insecurities or were issues in my relationship. Yeah. Right. It's not on Facebook. It's not. Yeah. (laughs) I don't blast this stuff on Facebook. Okay. But I'm just going to take a moment and I'll read through this. Bear with me here. Okay. Ready guys. This is fun. 
So psychic Melissa says life will seem much more fun in the company of your future husband because you will be able to enjoy every day with the enthusiasm of children. He will make you find in yourself that innocence of childhood, that carelessness and that indifference to people's opinions. We have talked about this. That's a thing for me. (laughs) He will help you to find your inner freedom and live your life as you think is best for you beyond the opinions of others. He enjoys traveling and meeting new people and generally makes friends easily and quickly integrates into new groups of people. I like to travel. Well, that's probably on Facebook or in a podcast. Your future husband will have an open mind and you will be able to discuss various topics with him. He will make you feel that you can manifest without restraint around him because he will accept you as you are. He will speak openly to you about his most embarrassing experiences and share with you all that he has in mind. He also has a very developed sense of humor. That's important to me and will easily attract the sympathy of others. He will inspire you to be more relaxed, to let things flow in their will and not to take the situations in which you still make mistakes so seriously. That's also a thing for Anna. A smile will appear on your face every time you see him. I like the idea of that. And even the memory of his face will arouse in you emotions of pleasure. You will feel that he is devoted to you and that his feelings are sincere because he will be transparent in his actions and you will have no reason to feel distrustful. For him, you will be the only woman with whom he can enjoy life and he will fight for your relationship as long as it is necessary. You will have the necessary support from him in terms of your dreams. He will even encourage you to set great goals and give your best to achieve them. The colors of your aura showed me that you will reunite with your future husband in this lifetime in around eight months from now. And that means after Christmas, after I go to a Christmas party and get introduced to this person (laughs) by an older relation. I love that you have it all planned out too on how this is going to happen. Well, you have to like imagine it a little bit, right? Well, sure. I mean, what's interesting, so I'm a very visual person, so it's really hard for me to get the picture of the person out of my head. And so I'm like, oh boy. I don't know. Should we link our our pictures? Oh, that's brave. That's very bold. And it'd be fun if you're like, if any of you are like, oh, I got that same picture. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we compared them because I was like, wait, how how are these drawn? But I think what I had said from the beginning was because I liked how she described it, I was like, I could align with this. This this is good. Like, all right, universe, let's have a little chat about this. And then kind of just surrendering and letting it go. But it's funny how initially, you know, it's like, oh, wait, are you going to be at the supermarket? Oh, wait, it's eight months. Okay, no. Like, oh, wait, I have to go out to this place. Oh, no, 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 eight months, eight months. Like, yeah, like it's marked on the calendar kind of thing. But I mean, imagine she can't say two or three years from now because people are going to be like, ah, what's yeah. that about? You know, it's so such it's an, funny. It's an interesting time frame. And then as we have all said, again, grain of salt. And also like there, we could make 10,000 decisions between now and then, which would alter this. So this was like this point in time, perhaps like this thing and just in this point of time and who knows what may happen. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. 
Yeah. But what's funny, what you said about the grocery store is while I was laid up for so many days by myself, I watched a lot of television, uh-huh. as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of Netflix. And you guys, I watched the Tinder Swindler. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I did. She I mean, also texted me about the Bling, Bling Empire. Bling Empire. And I was like, does someone need to come over and check on you? Well... <laughs> What is happening? Yeah, well, I had switched. I watched a lot of Dateline and then like really serious documentaries like the John Gacy, John Wayne Gacy documentary and then all sorts of, you know, serial killer and murder mystery things. I watched that for the first couple days and then I was like, I need now to like chill my brain. And so then I switched to Bling Empire. <laughs> the Tinder swindler is well, definitely a way to That chill was somewhere in the middle. But it's interesting, like one of the things one of the girls says right in the beginning is like we sometimes have this fantasy that we're going to meet our person out and about or like at the grocery store at work and I was like oh my god she's in my head yeah uh-huh so I'm yeah. not alone Anna's gonna reach for the milk at the same time you don't drink milk Anna's gonna reach for uh. the Cheerios at the same time this guy <laughs> is <laughs> like, almond cluster Cheerios there you go that one yeah at the same time and our hands for the last will touch. box on the shelf yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the family size and then he'll actually have a family and be like I need that (laughs) can I have that and we'd be like yes take it it's just me and the cats as a side note that apparently was happening with baby formula and there was like people who were going and hoarding it yes how crazy I mean I would have done the same thing we all did that with toilet paper but yeah that's, That's sad. Serious Very sad. Thing. And I don't know if there's truth to this, but someone said if you change your Amazon location to like Canada and then you can like ship from Canada to you. Oh. If your thing is switched to America on Amazon and then the it, taxes it won't are going to be different, but yeah. It I won't show formula, but Canada was. And that, you know, that's like two weeks old information. No, so. it is. It is. I'm just talking about the don't, supermarket. Don't, no, no. that Reaching just, for the same thing at the same time. No, I mean, the Canada thing is two weeks old. Speaking of the grocery store, this mm. thing happened to me the other day. I don't know if this ever happens to you. At the grocery store the other day, this has happened, it probably happens to me every few months, but at our stores here, when you have your buggy, your shopping cart, and like you finish with your groceries and you pay for them and you put the bags back into the cart, at the end, at the entrance or exit, there's like this grate in the floor and there's like sometimes if they think you're shoplifting, then your cart will get stuck and alarms will go off and you're, you can't move your cart outside. Now, I have paid for my groceries, all of them, every single time I have gone into this one particular grocery store, Schming Schmoopers, and I have, it's just a couple of times that I've tried to take a big cart out and it gets stuck and the alarms go off and then I'm that idiot asshole like with my groceries at the end just trying to get my cart out and someone has to come from customer service to like check my receipt and then I'm like yep here's my stuff and it's so embarrassing because then everyone's looking at you like who's the fool who didn't pay for groceries or why is she stuck and why are the alarm bells does that ever happen to you I have never heard of this happening ever are you serious ever every two to three months it happens to me I have never heard of a cart getting stuck on the grate I have never heard this before it's like the wheels lock up and they won't move that is hysterical it is and I well it makes me want to stop using a big cart well my also I mean what are you manifesting no just kidding (laughs) just kidding she's getting sick she's getting stuck at the grocery store no I've never heard that I haven't had that I've had it I've had it happen where it's like if I'm leaving Target or something but it's not like they trap me there or anything where I'm, I just like look at someone, show my receipt and they wave me on. 
Okay, it's really interesting that you said manifesting, and I know I said manifesting earlier mm. because another thing that I seem to be manifesting lately, no. and it's a pet peeve of mine, this has been happening to me a lot lately. Sure. Tell me if this has happened to you. I am driving straight on my road, whether I'm driving north, south, east, west, I'm going straight. And there are people like perpendicular cross intersection. And there are people who like speed up to turn into my lane, like to go the direction that I'm going. They will speed up to get in front of me and then slow down. Yeah, no, that one doesn't happen to me very much. Oh my gosh. Maybe I just notice every single time it happens, which is like almost on the daily, but it's a huge pet peeve of mine. (laughs) And then I'm like, am I manifesting that? Because it seems to be happening a lot lately. And then it makes me wonder about pet peeves. Have you read up about pet peeves or like what people have to say about them? No. It's a really good thing that we have a pee popper in front of our microphone because I've been saying all the pee pees a lot. Mm Oh, what have you been saying a lot? Pet peeves. Yeah. Have you read up on like why or what they're supposed to mean? I mean, there are a lot of driving pet peeves out there, but I haven't really like looked up any of them recently. No. I mean, I get the, that's funny that people like speed up because the one I think that gets me the most is the merge lane in that if traffic is going from two lanes down to one and you're supposed to take that one lane that's closing, take it all the way down to the cones. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've had that where I take it all the way down to the cones, but then what starts happening is that everyone else has already moved over when they shouldn't have, but they do. And so then they try and split lanes or they'll honk or they'll, I actually had a a woman, she like had her kids in the car and I was coming down and I was going to the cones and they're going to merge over, right? One in one. Come on people. Let's do that. And she literally like tried to go perpendicular in the road to prevent me from going by. And then like there was a semi and he's honking and I'm like, I'm just doing what's legal. And now here in Colorado, they have signs everywhere that'll say like, go because this is how many people here Mm -hmm. don't do that. They have signs now out that say like, take the lane all the way down till Uh, you merge. Don't merge early. They even say don't merge early, but everyone like I've had people stop like a quarter to a half mile before the lane ends. That's they stop traffic to get over rather than just waiting. Yes. And then they block up that whole other lane and you could yeah, I am that person. That one's a pet peeve of mine. Whatever you may think about me, I am that person that I will take it all the way down to where we merge. That's and what I you're will, supposed to do. And yes. then you go one in one. But yes. I've noticed like this happened to me actually at the bank the other day was that we got to the bank a couple minutes before it opened. And it used to be that like you would track kind of just as an awareness around you. So you track like who got there when, and then you kind of line up in order of who got there when. Yes. And so there were four cars that were in the front and this fifth car came and this couple like nearly ran, like literally they were mall walking from their car to jump in front of line and all of us in line to get into the bank first. Really? And that stuff, like that's so annoying to me. And I like just, I kind of wanted to go over to them and say something and I didn't. So I just obnoxiously was like, ah, way to let the rest of us who got here parked here first get in line. Like we're all trying to go to the same, but I think, I don't know. It's like people are just rude. And then I was the rude one because I was like, hey, way to do that. Like way to jump in line because you couldn't like, yeah, it's ridiculous. And then sometimes so people just can't like they just don't they don't like other people getting in front of them. And I'm the orderly one. Like, let's just go in the order. We're all trying to get one and one people. We're all going to the same place. Alexander says that often when we're driving, we're all trying to go somewhere. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's so interesting. And I like, I just don't understand that thing of like, you need to speed up to turn into the lane and then don't speed up when you're in my lane. And obviously I'm coming up on you. But anyway, this one article, funny enough, medium.com says that here are three potential reasons, potential reasons why your pet peeves bother you. One, you want what someone else has. Mm. Two, you fear or don't understand something. Or three, you see that same quality in yourself. And that's something that you and I have talked a lot about, like doing the reflection of why is this dang thing so annoying? And what is it that it's touching inside of me that is really like irking? Yeah, usually it's the reflection of something for me. Usually I'm like, ugh, I know I do that. I like that she delves into that a little bit. And she does talk about like a traffic thing or like when people are rocking slow in front of you when you have some place to go and it's just really irritating. And I think ultimately it's like taking some time to reflect like what is it about this thing that is super annoying? And honestly, about people turning in front of me and going slower, it's usually because it's interrupting my flow. Like it it really is just a self-serving thing. Like it most often happens when I need to get somewhere. Sure. And every minute, every second of my mornings, especially if I'm going to work or church is accounted for. Sure. Like I don't leave a lot of room for people to be slow, slow, Yeah. which is also my fault. So then I, you know, it just ends up if I truly reflect on it, just a, re- a frustration with myself that I don't build in more time to my mornings, but I don't know how to do that. Reflection on pet peeves with Anna and Alexandra. <laughs> just <kidding>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, I totally get it. I mean, I had a car. I think I talked about it on here. I had a truck that got like road raging really bad and I don't do well, especially when I have buddy in the car with me, if people are going to road rage me, which happens a lot. And I'm one where I'm like, if everyone could just get off the road when I'm on the road, that'd be great. Right. That way I can go the speed I want to go. I can get to where I want to go. I mean, I'm even like the job I'm looking at taking right now is going to be one where I don't have to drive as much and I'm okay with that as or if I have to drive, it's only in my area of town. Like I've become that person where I'm like, I only want to drive in my bubble because I can't handle being on the roads. But I realized too, like it actually had nothing to do. I was able to link that to a couple other situations where I've had male individuals who don't like what I'm saying. So then they posture at me, they physically posture at Mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. to get their way. And I was like, oh, that's where this is coming from. Like, that's what's triggering for me. So I'm like, oh, you're not getting your way. So you're just going to continue to throw your weight, like literally throw your literally, weight. Literally. And that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Not just the mansplaining, but then they, like physical the getting, getting like physically aggressive. Yeah. Because we're not getting their Cause, way. Yeah. Who knew mm-hmm. pet peeves could uh, lead to some inner work there? So on this topic, I was like, hmm, I wonder what are some of the common pet peeves? And so I Googled it. And so there's there's this article of like, well, it says 70 pet peeves. But then when you get into the article, it says 60. So that's oh. still a lot of pet peeves. Yeah. Well, and someone just, there's a pet peeve when you hit the wrong number. Right. No, I was telling someone the other day, it's thinking about typing. I was in a group, a distribution list that received an email from someone who is in an administrative kind of authoritative role. And so you, you tend to think that there should be a higher level of grammar and maybe prose. I don't know, like eloquence to it. And this thing was littered with spelling errors Ooh. and grammatical errors and some of it didn't make sense. And I was like, ooh, if you're coming into a situation... And I don't get as upset about that. I mean, I used to be like, come on, if you're going to send something out professionally, then like kind of spell check. There's a reason why there's spell check now and everything. 
So it was just very interesting that this came out and I had to chuckle because I was like, well, at least I'm saying goodbye and I don't have to worry about this kind of stuff anymore. But it just, it didn't look, it didn't look right. And I, I felt bad for the person too a little bit because I was like, oh, you are not doing yourself any favors by not being able to do that. But it was a pet peeve for other people who had to work more directly with this individual because they were like, you know, part of treating individuals professionally is also how you word emails. <laughs> oh, I get you 100% yeah. because it, it really bothers me when there are grammatical or spelling errors that, that looks like people haven't edited and then they just press send. But then even more so when I send something out and there's like a dumb mistake in there and I, I, t- I beat myself up for it. I'm like, oh my God, like I should have like, and I did edit and I just missed something. Ugh. Right. Man, talk about pet peeves. It's really, it annoys me. Yeah. Not many things annoy me, but maybe <laughs> when I, honestly, I like to think that no, stop laughing Except so hard. COVID, uh-huh. ER oh, visits, man, no, driving. Poor customer service. <laughs> poor customer service. Sometimes I have empathy for that, but yeah, when I'm like, oh, when I'm sick, come on, a little compassion, empathy, go a long way. All right, here we go. The first one is micromanagement. Do you ever get annoyed by that? Absolutely, 100%. Like, yeah. I, I literally suppose. just, I had some friends come and help me build a shed and I looked at them and I was like, look, this is hard for me not to help. I can't. And two, I'm not going to micromanage, but if you need something, come and tell me. I don't do well with that, no. I'm definitely more of a person to, I don't like to micromanage people because everyone has a different way of doing the same thing. And so if there's something that fits for you, then then do it that way. And I, when I was in training and in management, I would tell the people I manage, like you, the end result needs to be the same. How you get there, don't cut corners. Make sure you do it well with fidelity. The end result is what I care about. And people appreciated that because I'm like, you don't need, because I've worked with micromanaging mm-hmm. managers before and it, it's like, it's stifling. It is stifling. Yeah. Alexandria, about a week and a half ago, maybe it was a week ago. I don't know. She told me that I had to like, I don't know. I think I was micromanaging stuff. I was like trying to control the situation too much. She's like, are you okay? <laughs> Can you take a breath? Can you just relax? It's going to be okay. And it had to do with like, it was around her niece's birthday or something when I was like, set the table. And oh, I, didn't, I don't even she remember. Was like, Why don't you sit down and relax? Like you don't have to run this show. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I'm not going to go through all 60 today, but that'll be fun to do at some point. But loud chewing or drinking, like slurping. Yeah, I don't know. I think there are some times when I think if I'm just in a mood and I hone in on it, and then that's the only thing that I can hear, then that bothers me. I mean, my own chewing, yes. Like if if everyone else is quiet and I'm eating something and it's obnoxiously loud, which I'll say that I I tend to have a softer voice, but in my head, it is so loud, so loud, so, but not, not to the point of a pet peeve. Yeah. Yeah. I think slurping. No, because I'm a slurper too. I think with tea or (laughs) soup too. So I try to be cognizant of that for other people. Being late. Mm. I don't think it's a pet peeve. It depends because I think for me, it usually is when other people don't respect my time in other ways. Mm -hmm. And then if they're late, like I had someone who clearly needed to delegate, talk about a micromanager and she had no business trying to micromanage anything of mine and then demanded that I show up to this meeting and I show up and she didn't show up at all. (gasps) And then was like, oh yeah, sorry. I had something I had to do. And I was like, Oh no, like that's not okay. Like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, mm mm. Yeah. Yeah, not okay. The next one, I've been called on a little bit lately interrupting. <laughs> 
which is why that knock knock joke about the interrupting cow I love <laughs> apparently I'm an interrupter and I think it's just I get so excited like I, I'm trying I'm trying to be present and listen to what the other person is saying but then I get very excited and sometimes I just have a hard time navigating when people take breaths I think it's like my turn to talk but it's not always I have that happen, especially with our brother. He takes long pauses. He does. And then I'm like, uh-uh. And he goes, I'm not done. I'm like, okay. I, yeah. That's why I think I'm also socially awkward is because then people are done and they just stare at me and I stare back at them waiting for them to continue and they don't. And then I'm like, oh, is it my turn? <laughs> oh, it's okay. my turn. All yeah, right. my turn now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Talking during a movie. Mm-hmm. I do that sometimes. No, but I mean, like, I haven't been to a movie theater in forever. And it sounds like there are a couple of movies that are movie theater worthy right now. But I do get annoyed when other people are talking during a movie. Sure. I feel like I used to do that with Sean where I'd be like, what's going on? Because I would fall asleep. And he'd be like, I'm not I'm not telling you anymore. Oh, my gosh. Number six, people who walk slow. Walk slow. Yeah. You know, like if you're trying to get some, especially Mm, if you're trying to get somewhere. I'm like, yes. Or people who, you know, there's maybe four people and they don't need to take up as much space, but they take up like the whole aisle. Like, Hello. Walk to the right, pass on the left, where we're from. Staring <laughs> at someone's phone, looking at their screen to try and get a glimpse at what they're doing. Oh, staring at other people's phones? Oh, oh no. When other people stare at your phone? I don't think I've ever oh. done that, nor have I ever seen that. Try not to do that. Um, clipping your nails in public. Who does that? Who does that? Some per- For real. Do. The sound of clipping nails is one that I, I cannot hear. Yeah. And so I've always been one to file. Oh. I don't with Buddy. Like I have to clip his nails and I can tolerate that. But when I used to hear Sean clip his nails, I'd be like, oh, I have to go out of the room. I can't be here. I can't yeah. be anywhere near it. That's how I feel about like nail filing. Like when I hear other people oh, file really? nails, I get, there's just a noise that I'm like, mm. it makes me shudder. Like nails on a blackboard, I guess. Standing too close to another person, right? Like not keeping bubbles. That is so me. I have a pretty large radius for, for my personal space. And then 10 is, for today's purposes, talking to someone with headphones in, which is like all the children all the time right now. It's a pet peeve when you are talking to someone, because I'm that person who has the headphones in. Well, And because my hair is longer, I know you guys can't see me, but my hair is longer, so my headphones are purple, mm-hmm. and they blend in with my hair, and I would be on a meeting, and I'd be visibly talking, and then people would still come in and talk to me. And I'd be like, oh, what's happening right, right. now? I can't do and two And it's probably a pet peeve for them that they're like, why isn't she, she's ignoring me, why isn't yes. she answering me? And yes. Alexander made it sound like she has purple hair, but she doesn't. No, no, no. My <laughs> hair's just long. Uh-huh. You just can't see. And the headphones blend in. Yeah. But anyway, that's pet peeves. To be continued. I think it's interesting. Like things that annoy other people. These I feel like kind of align with first world problems. So we'll have to do some totally. first world problems. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't like say. Like when it starts raining when I'm still trying to plant my plants. Come on. Oh. Just kidding. That happened today. It may have. Yeah. I can't say that all those things annoy me or that they're my pet peeves. So from this article, we'll link that here. But it is about that time because we don't want to annoy you and take up more of your time than we need to today. So it's about that time that we're going to move on to the STW joke of the day. Let's do it. Sean T. Wyman joke of the day. I think I like this one. Still in the full grown section. I'll let you know when we move out, but we're not there yet. So full grown. Let's do it. (laughs) How do lumberjacks know how many trees they've cut? Mm, I don't know. They keep a log. (laughs) (laughs) no groans just chuckles today chuckles thanks for tuning in oh you guys it's been such a pleasure i hope you have a great week we love you and take care of yourselves talk to you soon bye bye thanks for listening to the russian sisters for more go to soundoff.network 
produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.